The Blue Jackets game was postponed last night, but uh, don't worry, we've still got stuff to talk about. Uh, Hadi Kalakesh is back, and we have got more prospect talk. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Cole Sillinger, who we love, and uh, Jordan DeMay, who just signed his entry-level contract on Friday. That's all coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news stories, uh, game previews, game recaps, uh, prospect talk, draft talk, playoff talk, maybe, uh, and all of the above and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So, uh, Please, please, please hit the subscribe button over there. Hit the download button on Apple Podcasts, uh, rate, review, leave a comment, uh, whatever you have the time to do. I super, super, super appreciate everything that uh, anything that, that you guys find the time to do uh, to support the show. I, uh, I appreciate all of you. Today's episode, uh, we're going to continue the conversation that uh, I started yesterday with Hadi Kalakesh, uh, host of Locked On NHL Prospects. Uh, we're talking a little bit about Cole Selinger, the sophomore slump, and uh, why we shouldn't necessarily be worried that he is not putting up as many points as he was last season. And uh, we're also talking about uh, kind of a maybe one of the steals of the, dra- of the 2022 draft. Jordan DeMay just signed his entry-level contract on Friday and uh, currently has, I think, an 11-point lead on uh, the QMJHL scoring race. So uh, we're going to talk about both of those guys with uh, Hattie. So I'm just going to get right into that conversation. Um, I want to talk about our other first-round pick from, or one of our other first-round picks from that draft. Um, I think... I think it's fair to say the biggest surprise out of the uh, the 2021 draft, uh, the Blue Jackets somehow ended up getting Cole Sillinger at, at 12th overall. Um, and then, you know, I spoke to a bunch of people about him and they were like, yeah, he's good. Send him back to the WHL for a season. He's going to be even great. He's going to be even better. And then he comes into training camp and he doesn't get cut. And he makes it to the preseason and he doesn't get cut and he mm-hmm. plays most of the games and doesn't get cut. And there's a there's a quote that from Brad Larson that I still think is extremely funny where, you know, he, he's talking to the media and he's like, I keep looking for reasons to get rid of him. And he's just not giving me any. And then obviously he made his he was the only player. He was the only first round pick in that draft to play the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, Mason McTavish and um, William Eklund both got their nine games and then went back to the, their junior teams or back to Sweden. Yep. Cole Sillinger had 31 points in his rookie season, which I think, honestly, on a team as bad as the Blue Jackets were, is really good. Very However, awesome. he is struggling this season, and I can't figure out why. Um, so I wanted to kind of get some thoughts on what you think of Cole Sillinger, um, what you think of his season so far, and is there anything that we should maybe be worried about, or is this just a, a typical kind of sophomore slump? So just to sort of explain a bit the sophomore slump and where that sort of comes from and why that's such a a common phenomenon, um, it's the hunger. So in his in his uh, draft plus one year, you know, 
heading out of, of getting drafted and going right into preseason for Columbus, uh, working his way into the NHL, there was hunger every step of the way with Sillinger. This year, it's it was sort of a given that he was going to stay with the team because there's no real sort of purpose in sending him down or et cetera when he's, you know, proven his worth last season as a you know, freshly drafted prospect, as the only prospect from that first round to, to make the NHL and stick to it long term. Um, there's just usually a step back in terms of hunger, and there's usually a, um, a sort of roadblock in terms of, you know, okay, I've done all this in my rookie season, where do I go from here? So the, the idea of building up from his draft year is what's sort of limiting him right now in his sophomore year. It's just the idea that, you know, I want to add this, I want to add that to my game. All that sort of, it, it puts a lot of pressure on a player and some players react positively to pressure. I don't think Cole Selinger necessarily reacts positively to pressure. He reacts positively to adversity. Um, when he's not expected, you know, being the underdog or something he's comfortable with, but as soon as it comes to actual pressure, um, it, it's it's sort of more difficult for him. And this is something I noticed in his draft years. Cole Selinger's skating stride isn't ideal either so he was doing all that he was doing against you know bottom six competition you know playing against the types of guys that um he can dominate against due to his skill set he's really good along the wall he's really good at getting off the boards getting shots off you know finding open space in the offensive zone but now he's having to try and drive a line and that's kind of kind of limiting him and it's kind of a confidence thing as well because um, the reason players can be streaky is because they'll, you know, they'll score a goal or two. It's going to bring up their confidence, and then they're just going to go back out there and continue to perform. But in Cylinder's, you know, sophomore season right now, you know, one bad performance after another, and it just it affects his view of himself as a player. Um, doubt creeps in, that kind of thing. But once he reaches physical maturity, which he hasn't yet. Um, once he's reached the top of his physical frame, you're, you're going to see a, a Cole Cylinder who's much more effective along the boards, so comfortable at getting off the wall and getting shots off that the pure volume is going to get him enough points. Um, I think Cylinder's due for, uh, you know, next year I'd see him put up 50 points. This is the type of player who's got so, so many different skills, uh, especially in the offensive zone, that something's going to, you know, be brought up positively. And I think also, you know, he's been working on his defensive game. It was really sort of a, a lacking in his, in his draft year. It was mainly sort of a pure offensive driver. But um, last year I saw improvement. This year I'm seeing some improvement. So maybe he's just also focusing on on defensive aspects of his game. That's sort of limiting his amount of points. Um, but I'll, I would see him very much be, you know, being a future top six player for the Blue Jackets. I wouldn't be worried at all about this sophomore season. Yeah, I that's a really good point about the the hunger actually. Like that's something that's an angle that I hadn't thought about. Like I when I think about the sophomore slump, I always think about Dylan Larkin, for example. And he I think was the biggest standout to me because he was so fast. Mm-hmm. I think he surprised a lot of people yep. in his rookie year. And then the, the second year came around and they were like, Okay, well we know how to handle him now. We're used to his speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't thought about the, you know, oh well, it's tough to to motivate yourself to stay in the NHL when you're again and again it's playing on a bad team as well i think probably doesn't help i think um that's that's a struggle but when you look at like the fact that he's playing nine and a half minutes against uh and and, you know probably an equally bad montreal team i think it's fair to say that's like you can you can understand where his where his confidence is kind of starting to get a little bit dented um and it's a really good point as well like about him being 
not physically mature yet. I think it's because I'm so used. I'm not used to players making the NHL as an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. This kid's 19. Yeah, he was born in 2003. Like he's not even he's not even 20 yet. Um, mm-hmm. Coming up in a minute, I've got more conversation with Hattie about uh, these two players. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online. Uh, because it is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. The World Cup is happening right now, so if you want to put some money on that, betonline.net is the perfect place to do so. If you love sports podcasts, and if you listen to this a lot from Blue Jackets, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you do love sports podcasts. You can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today. Use your laptop or your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, because BetOnline is where the game starts. And I, I don't think there's anyone out there being like, man, Cole Sillinger's a bust. They should have drafted literally anyone else. But I think there's there's definitely a... a... People need to temper expectations with Cole Sillinger a little bit, I think, because he had such a good rookie season. A lot of people were expecting him to come out and challenge for that like top-line center mm-hmm. spot because the Blue Jackets don't really have a top-line center. Like mm-hmm. Boone Jenner is it by default, but the rest of their centers are... Well, it's it's Jack Rossovic and Sean Corrali. Like those, <laughs> those are the centers that the Blue Jackets have, for better or worse, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people were like, man, Cole Sillinger could be the top-line center. Like, Cole Sillinger between Patrick Lyon and Johnny Gaudreau, I do think would be a lot of fun. But... For me, that's a year or two down the line, for sure. Right. He'll need some time. Yeah. Well, honestly, what I was really excited about was a line of Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Like, that just felt like so much fun to me. And then the Blue Jackets ruined everything by <laughs> trading Oliver Bjorkstrand to, to yeah. Seattle. But um, that is that is a, a podcast for another another <laughs> day. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about Sillinger. Um, I am concerned i think but that not not about anything he's doing i think it's that he's being a little bit mismanaged by the coaching staff yeah at the minute which is frustrating but there's nothing that like he can really do about that mm-hmm. i don't think so it it is what it is um i want to kind of finish up uh literally as uh Hattie and i were about to record i checked twitter and discovered that the blue jackets have uh signed jordan demay to his entry-level contract which is super exciting uh if you don't know who jordan demay is then uh you should pay attention because this kid is lighting up the queue. Um, so, Hattie, can you give us the uh, the run the the ninety second rundown on <laughs> Jordan Demay? Well, um, to start with, he's leading the queue with forty nine points in twenty two games, so he's well above two points a game right now. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I've still not figured out why. Uh, that's the thing because Jordan Demay was in my 80s, in my rankings in July. I wasn't the highest on him. I don't think anyone really was the highest on him. It's a combination of the two things. First, there's a proper lack of pace and, and you know, really shoddy skating uh, stride in this game. It's, it's pretty tough to watch at times. Um, his heels kick up. He's got, you know, not the, not the greatest ankle flexion or, or knee bend. So there's a lot of mechanical issues with his stride he doesn't get enough speed and uh he struggles to stay upright and and you know spin off properly uh, access his outside edges there's a bunch of different small issues with his skating and he's not the biggest either um so those are the two main things that are sort of limiting jordan Jumain in his sort of development but other than that He's just an outstanding dual threat uh, scorer. He can shoot really well. He's really good at finding space off the puck, sneaking behind defenders, uh, finding those little those little pockets and, and scoring. He reminds me a bit of Joshua Hua, who who's a Habs prospect who they drafted in the fifth round. 
Um, both of them, for me, project a sort of uh, you know third line uh, forwards at the current moment. Um, because right now they're playing in the QMJHL, which is one of the poorest defensive leagues that you can find in junior. It's it's really easy to, um, you know, misdirect or or sneak behind uh, defenders. The positioning isn't ideal, so he's benefiting. You know, obviously he's got above, you know, way above average off puck positioning. But since he's playing in a league where off puck positioning is pretty much all you need to score, it's it's very easy for him to to get those points and and you know you know fire up the score sheet. But the main thing for me is just sort of the anticipation with him. That's the main thing that makes him so promising to me is he sees play about two steps ahead. And when you've got that and you've got the intensity that he has, that's a very that's a very promising package. So I think if he builds up his playmaking, if his skating improves a lot, um, those are the two main things that are limiting him from having top six potential. Uh, but if you fix those two things... Uh, which is a big ask, uh, if I'm honest. You know, the amount of fixing that's required in a skating stride, it almost needs complete rework. Um, but if you you manage to do that with Jordan Dumais, you could have a bona fide top six player. But it, it's a long shot. Uh, I still think he's got NHL potential for sure. I think he's one of those guys that, especially with the production that he's able to put up, he's pr- pretty much going to play in the NHL at least some games. Um but he's far from a top six role, and there's a lot of sort of uh, benchmarks he has to hit in his development to get there. In a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Hattie about Jordan DeMay. That's coming up next on Lockdown Blue Jackets. So is he a guy that obviously he's signing his, e- his ELC now doesn't mean that he's going to play in the NHL tomorrow. But mm-hmm. it means that the Blue Jackets have enough faith in him that they could see this, you know, down the line. Yeah, Is he a guy that's, you know, going to show up to training camp next year and be an, an option? Or is he maybe two or three years down the line? I'd say he's at least two years down the line. Um, you know, if they bring him into playing him to play him in their bottom six, sure, that could be an option. Um, I, I think he would be a, a decent sort of plug and play type of option as soon as next year. But uh, for me, the, the type of player that I see him sort of developing into, the amount of work that's required in the skating and all that, that takes a lot of time to sort of rework and develop properly. So the best thing for his development would probably be to spend his whole career in the queue. And then once he's aged out of the queue to reach the AHL, play a couple of games and get to the NHL, I think that would be the best career path for him development wise. So we can learn the right things at the right moment. Um, the even an even better thing that would be good for him is a loan out to a, a pro league overseas because that would really help him a lot because he plays a very good junior scorer game and I think he's already too good for the queue. I think his scoring pays to show that more than well enough, but um, the pro habits aren't there. Uh, obviously, the off puck positioning is pro ready for me, it's, it's really his best asset. Um, but outside of that, you know, if you want to work on his skating, you know, find him a lot of open ice to play with, send him to Sweden, send him to Finland. Uh, something like that, that'll probably be the best place for him to learn the right things in order to develop into a pro-ready prospect on every aspect. Um, but right now, given the limited options that the CHL-NHL agreement provides, I think the best thing for him is just to dominate the queue as much as he can and spend as much as time over there and, and get weekly visits from the, the Blue Jackets staff uh, to work on his skating uh, and, and sort of streamline his development in a good direction. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's, there's definitely, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Ken Johnson's confidence and Cole just confidence. Like, there are probably worse things to do to a player's confidence than let him score 150 points in in the queue, which, I mean, you, you talk about it being a, you know, a poor defensive league, and it is probably the, it is the weakest of the three, yeah. you know, 
Canadian Junior Hockey Leagues, but he's also putting up points that we haven't seen someone do since, I think, literally Sidney Crosby in yep. 2003. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... It's... The, only thing I'd, the only thing I'd say about that is um, it's sort of like playing... I don't know I don't know if you play NHL, but it's like playing NHL on, on, on rookie mode uh, when you're already way too good for that mode. Like, yes, you're going to have fun and, and you know, uh, beat your high scores and all that, but are you actually getting better at the game? Um, the thing that gets you better at the game is going to the level that's tough for you, developing the new skills, the new habits, the new sort of little tricks to, to beat that level and then going up a level from there. That's how you get better at the game, right? Um, so the, dominating a league year in, year out is really good for confidence. Is it good for skill development? I'm not too sure, um, which is why I'd be more inclined on finding a, a pro league for, for uh, Jamet to play in as soon as possible. But, I mean, he's still going to have fun. He's still going to sort of dominate at that level and, and you know, win a couple trophies. That's good for his leadership. That's good for his confidence. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a give and take. But for me, definitely, you know, finding a pro league for, for Jamel would be the best. Yeah, for sure. I think what what might be the kind of the most indicative of, of May is uh, what he does next year. Yeah. Because obviously he's coming, he's fresh out of the draft this year. He feels like he's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the five foot eight kid that's leading the scoring. Like, that, is he leading the entire scoring at the CHL race, or is Conor Bedard overtaking him again? I'm almost 100. Not the entire Q, not the entire CHL, but honestly, with the difference between the leagues, it's, it's more worth it for me to sort of compare uh, within the different leagues rather than CHL wide. Uh, but right sure. now, he is leading by 11 points, the QMJHL. So he's more than dominating that league. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see what he does next season when, you know, we talked about Cole Sillinger's kind of that that lack of hunger. I think it'll be interesting to see what Demay does when he doesn't feel like he has anything to prove next season. Maybe he goes to training camp, gets a couple of preseason games, goes back to the queue. Um, and if he's still dominating... Next season, I think that's probably a pretty good, a pretty good sign for, for, for sure. things to come. Yeah. So, uh, if people want to learn more about either Blue Jackets prospects or prospects in general, um, I do highly recommend Lockdown NHL Prospects. It's one of my first listens every day. Uh, I have a great time uh, learning about prospects because it's something that I'm always super interested in. But there's just so many of them that I can't keep up with every single, <laughs> every single prospect. I'm good yes. for like maybe the first two rounds of the draft plus all of the blue jacket prospects and then that's you know beyond that is is beyond me but mm-hmm. uh he does a great job with uh with lockdown initial prospects so people should listen to that and uh where else can people find uh find you and your work online well i post an article about once a week on habs eyes on the prize about the north american prospects of the montreal canadians i also do some work for dauber prospects i'm their qmjhl scout um, so I scout all the QMJHL prospects um, for, for each draft year. This year's a 2023 draft. There's a couple of good ones. Uh, Ethan Gauthier, Jordan Tourigny. Um, But you'll also find me on YouTube. I've got my own personal channel. If you just look up my full name, uh, you'll be able to look it up pretty quickly. And obviously, Locked On NHL Prospect is on YouTube as well. I'm on multiple platforms, uh, mainly on Twitter at HattieK underscore scouting. That's where I post all of that. So that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Well, with the Blue Jackets looking poised to be uh, picking probably in the top 10 mm-hmm. of the 2023 draft, I'm sure that we're going to see you on this show a fair amount as we start ramping up our draft coverage. I think I started my draft coverage February 1st last <laughs> season, and I'm inclined to start it 
a little bit earlier this year because the Blue Jackets are just real bad. Absolutely. But uh, thank you for uh, coming to talk Prospect and uh, Cole Solinger, because I always love to talk about Cole Solinger <laughs> on this show and any show. Of course. Thanks for having me. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to be uh, looking ahead to the Vegas Golden Knights game uh, tomorrow night. So we'll do a quick game preview for that. And we'll check in with the Cleveland Monsters as well. Uh, that's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode and for making it your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. Uh, you're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a Locked On product. That is our promise to you. So thank you for listening. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, uh, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com until tomorrow make sure you stay locked on